0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: Friday, 1, 24 p.m. Hey, it's Alana. Uh, sorry about my voice. I have a sort of a build-up, back-up congestion, I guess, uh, that's stuck between my larynx and my heart. Uh... It's just stuck in there, I don't know, it's crystallized. But I have a, uh, an idea for an episode. It's, um, not, okay, not content really, but just a theme. It's, um, horror-themed. <laughs> you know, you'd have to find someone spooky. Sounding. Somebody spooky sounding enough that they could control the sound of their voice. I think I could do it. I think I could be some sort of sidekick in this horror-themed episode. Let me know. End of message.
2: Joanna, this is an amazing idea from Alana. This is going to be so sick. Like, R.L. Stein is going to hear this and be like, I'm hanging up.
3: So, like, would she just... I'm just trying... Okay, as the producer, you know, I'm just trying to, like, get a good picture Uh of, like, what this would look like. So, would, like... Like, if you're interviewing someone, would she just be perched on the table like a gargoyle?
2: Yeah! She has really good crouching. Like, she's really good... I think she plays softball, so she can, like, crouch and get low. And her joints are fine.
3: So, you're like... Today on our show we have blah 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 and then she would just be like Red Rom. Red Robin. Yeah,
2: I mean that's a hit. It's like a TBT cause it's like shout out the shining, but then we're also putting like a remix on it. So it's like cool.
3: People used to tell me it looked like the twins from The Shining.
2: Oh no, that's me. That's yeah.
3: I mean I, that's anyway, that's neither here. Sorry, nor I didn't are. mean to
2: bring that up. It doesn't no, have no, to be it's fine.
3: It's fine. You're uh, stunning. Thanks.
1: So many white guys.
0: So many. So many white guys.
1: So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. So many white guys.
2: Anyway, my name is Phoebe Robinson, and besides being one of the two dope queens, I have this other show, So Many White Guys. It's such a fun job. I love it. I get to have long-ass conversations with people that I love. It's such a good gig if you can can get it. it.
1: And you can get it if you try.
2: Full disclosure, I'm feeling a little sad today. I mean, do you guys know when you just feel like the world is a literal dumpster fire.
3: Oh. Phoebe, I'm sorry you're feeling sad today. Is there, like, is there anything in particular that's bumming you out?
2: Um, like, literally everything.
3: That's that's totally fair. Well, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Well, what do you... Like, I know for me when I'm sad, there's certain things that I need. Like, Okay, what do you do? And yes. alone time. Mm-hmm. And also, like... I have to say, I love a good cry. Like, it is cathartic. Phoebe, what do you do when you're
2: sad? Like, sometimes I'll do, like, a marathon and watch the Kardashians, which is great. The Mindy Project always cheers me up. I freaking love that show. Totally.
3: Gem. I know. It's
2: so good. It's so good. And I'll surf Graham. Like, the other day, it was, like, the night that I joined Tinder, and I was, like, you know, I feel, like, a little lonely and just, like, oh, what is life? The weather's, like, kind of crummy out. And I was, like, on Instagram, and I was, like, oh, I'm going to start following Deborah Messing. And I fucking... <laughs> Liked all of her pictures. Oh, my God. And there was, like, this picture of her and Katherine Keener wearing scarves. And I was like, yas, to no one in my apartment. So I do a lot of, like, Instagram follows. That's
3: life restoring. Yes,
2: it is. Okay. Moving on. It's so many white guys. So many white girls. That was my Pearl Jam impression. That's what it all sounds like to me. I All the songs, I'm like... <laughs> it sounds like a car engine flooding. I'm like, what the fuck, Eddie Vedder?
1: <laughs> I, I
2: I was smash young Eddie Vedder. I did some Googling. I was like... Oh, hello, you could do that up against my vagina all the time. Wait a minute, I'm trying to pull out. <laughs> <laughs> the world, the girl. Do you think he thinks
3: that way to his kid, and his kid is like, could you not?
2: <laughs> He's like, the mouth, the girl. <laughs> and you're like, Dad, fuck, Dad, come on.
3: It's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
2: Happy birthday to you. <laughs> you turn of six.
3: <laughs> I wanted a Power Rangers cake. <laughs> Speaking of, will you please be our token white guy?
2: <laughs> hey, boo boos. My guest today is like the Latina version of me, okay? She's from the Midwest. She went to art school in New York City. She's in her early thirties. She's on Time Magazine's list of the 100 most influential people. She won a Golden Globe. Some of these things I have not accomplished yet, but whatever. I'm still very excited to welcome Jane the Virgin star Gina Rodriguez to so many white guys, white guys, white guys, white guys. You like that? That in the moment sound effect? Jealous, Michael Bay? Yep. Anyway, season three of Jane the Virgin is about to drop, and we're all so happy. I love this show and this woman. It was amazing. I cried. And our conversation, we go even deeper, and I just fell that much more in love with her.
3: Yeah, it was a great conversation. Before we get to that, we do need to go to commercial.
2: Is there any way to get out of this?
3: Do you want to get paid? Yes. Yes. Okay, so just sit tight
2: for a sec. Let's hear the sponsors. (laughs) Okay, guys, there is no lollygagging, all right? We're going to get directly to my amazing interview with Gina Rodriguez. Y'all, she cares so much. She's so full of life. She's like, you know what, she's like the head cheerleader, but... One that you want to hang out with instead of just calling her a cunt when she walks away. hashtag Yes, all women. Here's Gina. <laughs> I hope the the weather is good in LA. It's a little muggy here in New York right now. So,
0: ooh, I'm heading there soon too. A little oh. quick little press in in New York, but LA is really really hot. Really Real hot. Ooh, like bust out all the fans because I don't have AC in my place. Hot. <gasps> It's rough. Are you going to get AC or is this, you're just going to roll with it? No, girl, I stay hood. Yeah, I roll with it. I like the wind. I don't, AC's too much for me to handle. I need it because I
2: sweat and then my hair, because I have like an afro, so then my hair shrinks up. And it's just, it's like very, it's like so much color purple realness that it's like too much.
0: Yes. Yes. Color purple realness, girl. Yes. But can we talk about your need for AC's for the the do? And I live for that. Yes.
2: Yes. I live for that.
0: That commitment. is my favorite
2: yes <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on so many white guys um i'm super happy about this i want to just start off with your show jane the virgin you have a show about being a virgin and on my other show that i do for wnyc two dope queens uh jessica and i always talk about when we lost our virginities and it Ooh. was pretty late we're both 24 don't judge us. <gasps> I no, know there's no
0: judgment <laughs> On the country. I'm jealous. I think that's brilliant.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: yeah are I think you it kidding? Was good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That it feels Are we going to talk about though. my virginity? Yeah.
0: When did you lose yours? You want to? You want to get into it? Sure. Let's get into it. Yeah. So I lost my virginity. Which I, which I feel is pretty early, was 17. <gasps> oh my god! It's amazing. Right? Was it like prom? Not a, I mean, it was. Um, my boyfriend of a year-ish, right? He was leaving to Chile. We were like high school sweetness. Aww. He was leaving, he was li- leaving to Chile to go study abroad. And we wanted to lose it to each other. <gasps> we wanted to make sure that it was special and that we would always have a beautiful memory of it. So I lost my virginity to the sweetest guy ever it was pretty magical it was a magical evening of like safety and um it was like he put on a song we were in my friend's farmhouse in like the outskirts of chicago Oh my God. This is like yeah. a Mandy Moore movie. I'm like, what? It was like a Mandy Moore <laughs> freaking movie, dude. It totally was. And like to be Puerto Rican and he was Chileno, we were the furthest from like that kind of experience or mm-hmm. at least like grew up the furthest from that kind of experience. So it was really lovely to step out of the stereotype. You know, I had girlfriends that were pregnant at 16. Yeah. You know, I had a girlfriend that was pregnant at 14. I hadn't mm. even got my period yet. Whoa. i was like damn yeah i don't even have my period yeah <laughs> that doesn't even make sense yeah um i wouldn't have traded it for anything and then the boyfriend i had after him he lost his virginity to me
2: <gasps> oh
0: my yeah. god you like paid it for? that's what
2: the movie should have been about pay it forward with yeah. kevin spacey it should have been that that should have just
0: been about them giving <laughs> their vir- their virginity to, to all these beautiful women um yeah, yes, it was lovely. It was lovely.
2: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And so yeah. you seem like a very sex positive sh- uh, person. And so I'm wondering with Jane the Virgin, like one of my favorite things about the show is that it views virgins as it's very sex positive. Like your character is like making out and having fun.
0: First sleep over here. <laughs> Are you sure I can't convince you to do anything? <laughs>
2: oh, I just want you so badly.
0: Are <sighs>
1: you okay?
2: <sighs> yeah. You know, huh. sexting, and it's not making her like some prude, and it's not being like, oh, she's so weird, she's a virgin, I'm not going to talk to her. And um, I'm just wondering, was that a a choice where you told the creators like you wanted to make that a part of the show or
0: how that come about? The pilot script was incredible. Jenny Mm -hmm. Ehrman is a genius. Her heart is very similar to mine. We had a very similar mindset about how we wanted the character to grow. But it was important to me because at the time that I got Jane, right before then, I had my heart broken by like the Love of my life, the only man I had ever really loved. And he was a virgin, saving himself for marriage, Christian, faith based, extremely faith based man, and was saving himself for his wife. So I had already had the true understanding of what it meant to have a conviction, but still be comfortable in their skin and. Want, and the desires didn't change. The desires weren't different. They just were being disciplined, you know? Mm-hmm. So entering into Jane, I had already met Jane the Virgin many times through some of the people I went to church with or my ex-boyfriend himself. I didn't want her to lack sexuality. Mm-hmm. She just it was making a commitment. And this kind of commitment is just unpopular in our society. All we have to do is make it popular, so I really wanted Jane to be, like, badass. She has, you know, two dudes that are after her. She likes boys. She wants to have sex. She's just waiting for this time where it's going to be in a safe environment to her perspective, you know, and to her conviction.
2: I wish the show wasn't around when I was, like, a teenager. Me too. I mean, because I was, like, ag- <laughs> I was agnostic, so it wasn't like I was, you know— Waiting, you know, till I got married, but it definitely, like in college, there was like a couple of guys that I dated, and you know, I would tell them, like, I'm a virgin. And they would be like, oh, like, they get so weirded out. And they're like, oh, well, you know, like, I don't want to do anything serious with you because you're a virgin. And so there is that like stigma where it's, it's like, if i have this girl's going to be not like not right you're like a weirdo or you're going to like latch on to me or like something's wrong yeah. with you that you haven't had sex yet and i i think that what's great about your show is that she is empowered and she's not being sexual to keep these guys attracted she At all. she's doing it because that's how she she feels sexy herself and i think that is the message sometimes that gets lost when you're talking about with those memes and it's just like you see all these girls posting stuff on Instagram. And it's like, are you doing this because you think guys will like you or do you, are you doing it because you
0: feel sexy yourself? And so that's always it's a tough balance. You know, that's what I love about Jane is that she's constantly coming from like going back to what does Jane want? What what does Jane need to do? What are Jane's priorities?
2: One of my favorite things that's been on social media all year was something that you started called uh, Hashtag Movement Mondays in response to Hashtag Oscars So White. And so every Monday you celebrate someone from your community and you wrote, um, if you want to see Latinos nominated for Oscars, we need to support one another. The industry sees money. The excuse can't just be racism. Have you seen anything happen since
0: you start up Movement Mondays? It's funny because when I did Movement Mondays, Mm -hmm. it was out of my own desire to create positivity from all the negativity that I was reading and receiving. And, you know, I got a lot of backlash for the idea that the excuse can't just be racism. But, you know, I was limited by explaining and I probably should have explained further was we know racism exists. Clearly, I mean, yeah, racism has existed and exists deeply. Sadly, we're I feel like we're just going in a circle. We're just going back to the freaking 60s. Like, it's just really sad. Um, that being said, we do work in an industry that is called show business. Mm-hmm. It is a business. You make money. By giving a product that is going to give you money back. These businessmen that are financing these films are doing a formula that has always proven itself to be true for them. They want to make their money back. As the audience, we have never been exposed to our power. We have all the power, all of it. Mm-hmm. If Latinos unified and they didn't go and see a movie because it didn't have a Latino lead in it, the movie would do so poorly, it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Latinos are the highest ticket buyers. If you do not go and see that, you know, big blockbuster movie that doesn't have men and women of color... You can make that movie fail. And if that movie fails, the men that want to make their money back are going to say, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And we are going to say, we want more actors of color in roles that don't continue to perpetuate negative stereotypes. So when Movement Mondays happened, it was out of my like frustration of like, what can I do? I'm one person right? Mm-hmm. And I think, man, I I know that feeling. I have no power. I'm only one person. And then I think, but then I have this Instagram page where I have one million followers. So I started to highlight all these different actors that are doing amazing work to say, here's a solution. I'm going to expose you to every single actor of color that I know as I discover them, as I learned about them with someone's book coming out. Diana Guerrero's book, um, In the Country We Love, Boom, let's put her on the page. Now, 45,000 people liked it. Hopefully, 10,000 of them buy the book, you know, or 5,000 or two or two people buy the freaking book. But that's like, it went from, Gina, you're, you have no power, you're only one person, to maybe we actually can start making a shift, you know? So it'd be great if J-Lo and Demi Lovato and, you know, uh, Selena Gomez and all these amazing Latinas, you know, if we can do continue to do that for each other and champion one another, then we actually just make it so that they want more of us, not yeah. less of us. God damn.
2: It just made me think of... uh your your Golden Globes acceptance speech, and I feel like a lot of your passion and your positivity must come from your parents. I know you're you're from the you're from Chicago. I'm from Cleveland. So is that like? Midwest, like, just get in there and take the bull by the horns kind of attitude and make your own kind of world. And I feel like when you, when you gave your acceptance speech, it really inspired a lot of people.
0: Thank you to my mom and my dad who telling me to dream big and to never stop dreaming. To my siblings, to my sister, Evelise and Rebecca, for being the biggest role models in my life. This award is so much more than myself. It represents a culture that wants to see themselves as heroes. <laughs> My father used to tell me to say every morning, Today's gonna be a great day, I can, and I will. Well, Dad, today's a great day, I can, and I did.
2: And, uh, People can just tell you grew up, like, in a very positive environment. It's so, like, what was, like, what got you to this point? Like, was it something, like, your parents instilled in you from, like, an early age? Like, what are your parents like?
0: So my parents are amazing. Aww. Now. They were pretty rough going and growing. Up. Oh, really? But, you know, like, How no, no, so? meaning, like, they were very, di- the discipline in our household mm, mm-hmm. was, you know, they were very strict because they did not want us to fall into the cycle that happens in low-income neighborhoods. They were not—they did not get a college education, and they were What did they do?
2: What do they do for a living?
0: Well, my mother was director of interpreters at Cook County mm-hmm. uh, court system, and that was like a progression when I first— when I you know, was younger, she was the secretary and then she moved up slowly and sl- until she ran the entire place, which was incredible. So just to see her patience and hard work and the same with my father. I mean, my father was a union rep for Teamsters and he went from being a negotiator for factory workers to being the vice president of the entire local. I saw the progression of their lives and they were not allowing their limited education to do that. They were just making sure that we didn't have such a difficult uh,
2: trajectory. I've been following your career, and I think what's been really great about you is that you've turned down certain roles that would come with a nice paycheck. You know, TV pays pretty well because you don't necessarily agree with how the projects have portrayed Latinos. So... You're a professional actor, so you're, your idea is to, you know, I, I'm going to embody this character. But where do you draw the line of, like, no, for political reasons, for social reasons, I'm I'm not going to play this character. I'd rather play something more empowering or something that's uh, reflects a different part of the Latino experience. Like, what is that line?
0: One thing I always ask myself when it comes to a project is, well, or a few things I always ask myself is, like, is this a project that that I would be proud of showing my children. Can my family watch it? Can my dad watch it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A, a big question in my head. Well, can but, he watch um,
2: Jane the Virgin? Because there are some sexy, like, make-out scenes. Like, oh, is totally. that awkward?
0: no I'm 32 yeah I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's not that awkward okay. um, my dad loves Jane it's the funniest thing Aww. how much he likes yeah I mean he's like and it, and he says to me he's said it to me multiple times like it's really good and I'm like well thanks dad you know we're on year three and I'm glad that you still feel that way but it's like he has to he has to make he has to make it known that like he's watching it because it's really good you know um, but it's fantastic You, and then and then another question that you ask myself when it comes to the line is like am I am I servicing something greater than myself And, and nothing has ever chosen to service my bank account ever 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 but also the Latino community they've been delivered personifications of us that are continuously negative. Mm-hmm. And that makes somebody feel a certain way about themselves. I mean, Marlon Brando said it. I'm I almost positive of Marlon Brando. And he, there's a quote that I read, and he was like, I'm not worried about me. I'm not worried about, like, my 30-year-old friends. You know, I'm not worried about my parents. It's the kids that don't know the difference. Right? Yeah. So... You feel a certain way you do. Growing up, I didn't have any shows that had Latinos on them. And I legitimately told my mom, when did Puerto Ricans come about? She was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, because we are nowhere to be seen. When did our history begin? And that is, that's crazy. I mean, I look back on that memory and I think, for one, how like ridiculous. But two, like, did I really feel that way? God. I really felt like we just did not belong.
2: Yeah. Well, representation is really important. I think that people who don't who see themselves reflected all the time don't realize what the lack of that does to how someone formulates opinions about themselves and opinions about their people and opinions about how other people view their community. Oh yeah, you know what oh, I mean. Oh my god, but
0: that's the number one. That's yeah. the number. I mean, that was definitely one of a, a big push for me, and it continues to be. Is when I was in high school, and I would go. Even in college, when I was at NYU, and I'd go shopping with my one of my best friends, Jessica. We would get dressed up to go shopping just because we didn't want people following us around in the store. Oh stores. yeah,
2: I do the same thing too. Even now, I'm I'm i I'm, I'm about to turn thirty-two, and I will like dress nicer than I do to, like, go do stand-up because I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, a designer jean store, and I know if I don't dress a certain way, they're not going to help me. They're going to follow me around. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: it's a really <laughs> infuriating. It's, yeah. And, and it's sad that in 2016, we're actually living this existence, but because it's real, we got to do the—we the, have to create the solution that's going to get that perception changed. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you got a chance to read this. Oscar Isaac did an interview with Rolling Stone. So Oscar said, um, Latino is not a race. It's a culture. There's Chinese Latinos. There's very white Latinos. True. There's very dark Latinos. There's black Latinos. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of variants. It's not just one thing. And so my understanding is that Latino, or even more so Hispanic, which is what the government uses, was a term that's created to be a catch-all for everyone in your community.
0: It was created for the U.S. Census to create a collective group with their similarities are um, they're either from the Caribbean or from Mexico and Central America and South America. So it was like just, yeah, it was it was it was created by the U.S.
2: Hearing that, I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like these descriptors, whether it's Hispanic or Latino, like Oscar Isaac talks about, do you think they've done more harm than good? Because to me, I feel like in some ways they are pretty harmful because they tend to flatten your culture in a way. You know, it's like all you guys do one particular thing. You all believe one thing. You all act in one specific way. There's only one Latino vote. So it's, a, it's as if people are saying there's no variations within your culture. There's no complexity. So to me, I feel like it is more harmful than good. What do you think about it?
0: I teeter. I teeter mm-hmm. because... Under the umbrella of Latino, the same way it is for like the Asian community where it's Chinese and Korean and Taiwanese and Filipino and they all have very, you know, and then there's, there's just so many that that umbrella encompasses the same with the Latinos. There's Ecuadorians and Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and Cubans and, and yes, you are correct. They all have a different, different Political perspective, they have, you know, uh, different religions. There, we, you know, we have Jews in our family. Um, there is so many that you are trying to fit into one box, right? Yeah. But the one thing that I've discovered in the United States is that the unification of this said group. Is so much stronger than division the of these cultures because the one thing that Latinos do—and mind you, I'm still marinating on this. I'm still like mm-hmm. trying to figure this out, right? Yeah. So one thing that Latinos can identify with, besides the the similarity of language, right? Because we all we all own that language together. We understand the struggle of being a Latino in America. Yeah. That unified struggle. We all understand what that is. We've all felt it at some point. Whether you're a white Latino, a black Latino, whether you're a Chinese Latino, a Republican Latino, you have come across that struggle. It is similar to the African-American community. So many different cultures whether you're from Trinidad or you're from Senegal, if you're from, you know, then black Latinos always get lumped into being African American. But the unification of the African American community has made it strong. Yes, It has made it a unified voice that should anybody fall in the group, everybody's got their back. Latinos, we don't own that quite yet.
2: Now, before I let you go... I have one last question. I just want to talk to you forever, though. I know you're so great, (laughs) but you're, you're so busy. I can't, I can't keep you in a dungeon and talk to you because I will. You're the best. (laughs) You're the best. You're the best. But you're, thank you. You're, you're such an empowered lady. And so I want to know what your summer song is as an empowered lady because I want it. In my headphones, so I can listen to it as I walk down the street every day.
0: Girl, I have like a whole playlist that I can send you. That has been my summer playlist. So there's a few. My okay. my empowered like self love song that's kind of a little bit man hating, and I love you men. You guys all know that. Um, is Ugly Heart by GRL. Bro, you got to get it. It's just like, if and, and listen to the lyrics, he's just going to scream at the top of your lungs and you're going to karaoke for days. Um, another song is Juke Jam by Chance the Rapper.
1: Oh,
0: oh I love him. He's so
2: love.
1: cute. He's love the he's the
0: cutest he's yeah. the best he's so smart he's so smart you're very cool i'm just like
2: <laughs> is there any like christina aguilera from 2002 like i'm like such a top 40 oh, like old, nerd oh, no or anything old school. no i'm 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 not cool is what i'm trying to tell you i'm like very like top 40 like just very straight down the middle mainstream so the, you're broadening my horizons
0: this oh, is what you're I want. So good to me. This is great. You're so good to me. I mean, like, yeah, anything Bruno Mars makes me feel yes, like a woman. Yes, he's so Yes. Because oh. like I've been locked out of to love her. Oh, he's everything. He's so good.
2: Bruno, he can motorboat me. He's a little bit shorter than me, so it's perfect. He can just motorboat oh me, God, standing in yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: That's amazing.
2: I'm like, thanks so much, boo-boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Bye.
0: <laughs> That's
3: amazing. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Gina, thank you so much for being on. We're almost out of time, and we didn't even get to talk about Jane the Virgin all that
0: much. But you are incredible, Phoebe. This was a Aww, delight. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, beauty.
2: I appreciate you. Um, thank you so much, love. Thank you. Okay, bye. Have a beautiful day. You bye too. Me. Okay, it's official. I interviewed a Golden Globe winner. I can officially check that off my bucket list.
3: That's such a specific thing to have on your bucket list. I mean, I
2: love award shows, so yeah, it made the bucket list, and I love the Golden Globes in particular because it's where everyone gets drunk and it's a lot of fun.
3: That's actually true. People do get pretty shwasted.
2: Yeah, pretty shwasted. Yeah, <laughs> but also I love like the fashion, and then you have like these great moments when you do like the Cecil B. DeMille just, Award. Yeah, and it's totally. Like so I know cool. it's so
3: fun. It's um, like, we actually have to wrap up because we're about to lose our studio. So if you just want to wrap it up, that would be great. But
2: I'm talking about the GGs.
3: I will talk to the G. We can talk GGs so much next time we're in the studio but we're losing our studio time and I'm gonna get a passive aggressive post-it if we don't get out soon
2: okay but also like do you remember when like Sharon Stone
3: please don't make me deal with a post-it
2: okay but this is Sharon Stone I know alright well I guess we should say bye so bye
3: don't have to go home but you can't stay here (laughs) that's cute tip your (laughs) bartender Yo, yo,
2: yo! The so many white guys team includes Daisy, the rump shaker Rosario, Rachel, the ball buster Neil, Joanna, the Minneapolis Maven, Solotaroff, James, the rambunctious Ramsey, Paula, the shoemaker Schumann, Jen, the popular poet, Alex, the magnificent Uvernden, Louie. Not to be confused with the famous Louis CK. Mitchell. Dara. This broad is awesome. Hirsch. James. The confident coil. Joe. The delightful blord. And Shinoah. The esteemed Estrada, you guys did not think I was going to make it, and I didn't either. But we did it together, and that's called a journey. Anyway, our theme music was sung by a bunch of white dids. Alana, the fantastic Glazer, is our executive producer. That was that was hard. <laughs> You guys, I'm all over social media on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at DopeQueenPheebs. Head there to find out about show updates and super sexy pics of just me. Love you, mean it. YQY. Friday, 1, 24
1: p.m. Okay. Hey, Phoebe, Hey, hey. It's Alana. So I know uh, Gina Rodriguez is on the show. Um i'm really uh i'm excited i i would like to i would like if you could don't put this don't put this on on the shelf, please please but um if you could do something for me so gina lent her golden globes dress to a not a prom queen i would say it was prom queen but it was just a girl who went to prom but she probably uh, got prom queen um you know status at least if not the full vote wearing gina rodriguez's golden globes dress a badgley mishika gold and globes dress is like unbelievable that this high schooler got to wear that shit i'm wondering if if you could see if i could wear it that's i want you probably knew what i was gonna say i was wondering if i could borrow it i wouldn't i don't think you'd need to work it into the interview but see maybe after um We'd probably have to do a little tailoring. We would see uh, genus five three, a tall, svelte five three. I'm I'm five one, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'd have to see. Um, at least the hem would change. We know the hem would change. You, you can't add material, but you can always take it away. All right. Love you, Phoebe. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Goodbye.
3: End of message.